0: right good morning everybody welcome in it's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday Des Moines sports station 1460 KX and thank you for spending some time with us here uh, this morning as we talk sports with you right up until noon coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list only one guest will join us in the first hour of the program we will have Alex Halstead in here from 24/ 7 sports CycloneAlert.com. Uh, gonna do a good hit with Alex both basketball which starts in an hour, live from Atlantis. Uh, So Alex will do some basketball and clearly some football as we'll take a look ahead uh, to K-State hosting the Clones on uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, Is the kickoff for that one. We're going to do something a little different uh, at the end of the hour that we will open up the phone lines and give you an opportunity. Normally we do this on Friday just to give you a little bit of a clue. Normally we do it late in the program on Friday to give you yet another clue. We're going to uh, do this for the 11 o'clock hour at about ten. Forty-five, but we're not going to tell you what it's going to be. But two eight four five nine six six at that time.
1: (laughs) I Uh, think you give it enough clues. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's
0: Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) It is. It Uh, is. So we'll do that just before eleven o'clock this morning. We'll also do it again on Friday. But a little bonus. B.B.Q. <laughs> uh, just before 11. they it all Yeah, long. I have. I let the cat right out of the bag. I can't keep a secret. 11 o'clock, Kenny White's going to be here. We will go inside sports wagering with Kenny White. A handful of games we're going to look at. I also want to know from him what he thinks the Iron Bowl number would be with Tua. We know mm. it's three and a half without Tua. What would it be? Would it be double digits if Tua... Tagliavoa was under center. Well, Kenny White will tell us that. He is one of the preeminent line makers in the history of sports wagering in Las Vegas, essentially at every one of the strip properties throughout the late 80s and into the 90s. He set the point spread, the opening point spread for the majority of those um, edifices. Uh, Then we will have Cappy's coming on. It's Wednesday, so Cappy joins us about 11.20. Courtesy of Centurion Stone. A lot of ground to cover with Cappy. Uh, We recorded that about 90 minutes ago. We'll get Cappy and then Bill Bender from the Sporting News before we slide on out of here at noon. um I was going to say, good night of college basketball, but I know you're a Panther fan, so you'd probably beg to differ. Yes. Uh, But Stephen F. Austin was a good story. The Nation, if you didn't know about Anthony Edwards, you do now after that performance yesterday for Georgia. Wow. Uh, That was unbelievable. Um, And then, I know you won't allow me to do Maxson, so nice win out of Northern Illinois. But the college football playoff ranking show, I think, really opened up a major, major door for the Big 12 to slide right on in here. And... You know, with Baylor jumping as much as they did for essentially beating a five-loss Texas team, the boys thought it was a market correction. I'll go with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I can buy that. And
1: you're basically putting them ahead of two lost teams. Mm -hmm. It is, I guess, the value as we get this much deeper into the season, that many more data points to go on. Yep. There's something to be said to have that one next year name. It's incredibly important. Sure, it is. And you could talk about schedule strength and all the different things there, much like we talked about with Iowa in 2015, Uh and they didn't have any of the big crossovers that season, but and they had no margin for error, and they had a goose egg back in that loss column, and that was ultra important. Absolutely, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your schedule is to get through unscathed or to even get through with one loss is incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. and. Obviously, more difficult for a program like a Baylor, a Minnesota, an Iowa back in 2015. All these teams, it's tough to do, as we've seen throughout the course of our state this season. Close losses. Yep. Yeah, about 50
0: 50. Trent, that's the story, I think, of uh, of the season for both Iowa and Iowa State this year. Iowa remains at 17. Iowa State falls a place uh, with their win over Kansas. They fall from 20. They essentially switch places with USC. Mm-hmm. USC coming off a nice win over, you know, uh, a UCLA team who's trending upwards, but still got a long way to go uh, before that. Bama remains at five. The, the big story to me, Trent, I don't know how the committee's going to do this, but I'm convinced that they're going to. If Utah wins out, and, you know, that would, w- would mean that they would win uh, the Pac-12 championship over Oregon. And Oklahoma wins out. That would mean a win over now a top-ranked Baylor football team. I I think is going to leapfrog Utah. You do. I really do. I think that's what it's setting up for. The best news I got last night as p- from purely a fan of this sport, and that's what I am, it seems as though the committee is going to prevent us from seeing what, at least I feel, are the two best teams in college football in one of the semifinals. Clemson and Ohio State were going to play as the
1: 2-3. So what they were selling last night for Ohio State making the leap
0: up... With defense. Yeah. Were, were you buying that, though? Well, LSU's defense
1: is leaky. It is. Um, Arkansas scored 20, but you know how they scored 20, right? I
0: don't. I didn't see any of the game. They scored really
1: late in the game. Well... I mean, they're playing third-teamers of walk-ons at that point LSU was. Then they get an onside. Not only do they get an onside, though, the ball, it it got tumbled all the way to like the 10-yard line. Are you kidding me? And then they scored again right afterwards. So of those 20 points, 14 of them really don't count. Uh Uh-huh. Are we going too far with this hate of the LSU defense?
0: Well, that's, that's clearly the, the committee. That was their stance uh, yeah. last night when, uh, when they did all the, the press uh, requirements, whether it be live at the time or on the teleconference later on. That was, that was the, uh, uh, their main talking point was LSU's defense. They're more impressed. They think Ohio State, I'll use their term, is more of a complete team. Hard to argue with it. Um, at this point, so so we'll see. Uh, look, you and I, we got one and two wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah, as, as we kind of speculated, but the, for, you know, the rest three through nine, we were right on the money. I, I didn't think they would change. I'm glad they did. Now, I don't think there's any way in you know what that they can knock Ohio State back to that two if they beat Michigan and then beat Wisconsin or Minnesota. You know, LSU would have to, would have beaten. Uh, who do they have? A&M. A&M. a and A&M. and m and then uh, Georgia, who's, who's fourth-ranked. So that would be an impressive win. But I, I think now it is, I don't want to say set in stone, if, there's no, if there are, uh, neither one of those two suffers a loss or you know, pulls one out late in the football game. So I hope I get my wish. I hope we get LSU-Clemson first because I want to see Ohio State and Clemson play in the championship game.
1: To the team sitting in the uh, fifth spot, Alabama. If they go out there against this Auburn defense that is outstanding.
0: They're terrific.
1: And Matt Jones looks good. If he looks good? Looks good mm-hmm. and they win it by 10. They okay. win it 27-17. Mm-hmm. He's solid. He's right. 21 to 28,
0: three touchdowns. Uh-huh. Looks like a competent quarterback. So you're saying they would if Georgia loses to LSU, and they George would L- take their spot over a Pac-12 or a Big 12 champion? Does that
1: keep them ahead?
0: I don't think so. No. I mean, it's Alabama we're talking about here, and right? And when it's
1: close, what the committee has said:
0: conference championships mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Well, if they matter, then Utah, assuming they win, or Oklahoma, assuming the they yep. win, I think should jump. You know what it feels like? It's going to happen.
1: Oregon's going to beat Utah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Baylor's going to beat, and Alabama's going to sneak
0: in the back door again. Yeah. I, and play just, and, and play Ohio State in the first round. Oh, ho,
1: ho, yeah. Ho, ho, ho.
0: Uh, you know what? December twenty eighth is going to be terrific. The the two semifinal games. There may be one of the locals playing in a bowl game that day. Maybe the camping world, because um, that is on the twenty eighth. The holiday's the twenty seventh. What else is the twenty seventh? There's another game in the twenty seventh that may factor in, but I don't think Iowa State's going to fall to that point. What was it? It is The, the Texas Bowl? The Texas Bowl, yes, in Houston at six forty five. That's the other thing. If indeed they do, if it is Texas and Holiday, the two destinations, mm-hmm. they play fifteen minutes apart. 6:45 for the Texas Bowl, so let's say Iowa State's there, and I was in San Diego. Okay, Iowa State plays at 6:45. Iowa plays at seven. Come on,
1: that's terrible. As
0: many times as they've been right on top of each other this year, right? You know, at least you'd like to think that the bowl games there'd be a little bit of separation. Uh, but wow, we'll see. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they're 15 minutes apart. One on FS1, Holiday Bowl on FS1. The other on the mothership Ship. Oh, ESPN.
1: we get an hour 15 between them actually. 5.45 our time for the Texas Bulls, 7 o'clock for the holiday.
0: Are you sure? I'm looking at the ESPN schedule right now. All right, good. Well, this what I, the schedule I've got is wrong now. Well, regardless, so yes, we do get a little but bit gonna of separation. Be, if
1: that happens, they're going to be on top of each other. Yep, for the most part. What would have to happen for Iowa State to fall to the Texas Bowl? Obviously a lot Well they but lose to the
0: K State. That's the first part of it. Uh, and then um just one the Bulls. Team? Yeah, I mean, but by then the Bulls are gonna be, you know, who do we want to go to Orlando? Who do we want to go to San Antonio? Just
1: one team from the Big Twelve getting into the New big Six. Just one team for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh one of them falls. So say Baylor Oklahoma
1: doesn't get in the playoffs, so they're automatically the sugar. They're no. not gonna select the Cotton Bulls, not gonna take Baylor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they drop down. Yeah.
0: Then the Damos start falling. Still could happen. It could. It could. It's going to be fun between now and a week from uh, a week from Sunday when we'll find out. All right, let's do the Panthers real quick, Trent. Um, Boy, was that a frustrating yeah, night. Yeah, it really was, right? I mean, I don't know what Halderman is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's supposed to do at that he's point.
1: He's hit with the flagrant foul. Uh-huh. As a guy is jumping over him, the get the guy didn't foul as he's jumping nope, over him. He just nope. tapped it back
0: in. And I, the, when I saw Holderman, and I'm pretty sure that's the case today, his his eyes are not in the back of his head. Right? How the hell is he supposed to see that, Trent? That's not a flagrant one. I, I'm no. sorry, and I'm not an official basher for the most part. I'm really not. I'm not either. That that's um, that's a call you just can't make at that at that particular. It decided juncture. the game. It did decide the game because they had a one point lead, twenty seconds left in the basketball game. Um, you know, Halderman comes down with the ball and they're shooting free throws and then you take your chances, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, he had a bad game last night, Green.
1: Yeah, E.J. Green really Ooh. struggled. He struggled not just made with the Made his first
0: shot. I mean, his yeah. first shot, it was 3 nothing. He made mm-hmm. the first basket. And then after that... I mean when Mun, he made one of his next fourteen. And
1: then I understand what he was doing late in the game as they're down and I
0: didn't like the shot trend.
1: I didn't either. As he once he got into late, if he would have had a free run and that happens a lot, mm-hmm. you can get right to the rim. And well, he I thought he in. was
0: going to get his pocket pick going to that spot. Yes, yeah.
1: But a lot of times the seas kind of open up because they don't mm-hmm. want to follow and give you a chance at a three point play. That didn't happen once he was basically held up at the elbow you got to get rid of that basketball.
0: Yeah, I'm with you.
1: You have to. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, he had Berhow, who has been on fire yeah, going into this said. game, wide open, uh-huh. right behind the line, right next to him. Flip it back, a three. and eh, We might be having a different conversation today. Panthers with a 15-point lead. It felt, once again, it felt like Texas A&M in the NCAA Ugh, tournament five I years ago. I saw you ago. tweet that. It thought, felt like no. Bradley last year Your in the NBC Channel. What is it about this Panther program and not being able to handle mm-hmm. pressure and blowing leads that continued last night? Another stinger, and that one. Trenton was
0: there for him. Yes, you was up 15. There for him. You're going to be. You're going to knock off a Big 12 team, a, a team that was unbeaten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, West Virginia was unbeaten. Yes. They're both unbeaten going into that last night uh, to take a Big 12 scalp for the Valley. I mean, what the Valley has done this year, and they were able to add that one. That
1: would have been pretty impressive. It would have been. They would have been seven and zero. Get their chance against mm. Wichita today. Now you got to come back at South 5:00. Carolina five South- or five thirty. What uh, are those two? Yeah. But got to bounce back, and you. You got to get that win. You uh-huh. got to get those resume-building wins here to give yourself. Because looking at this team, are they the best team in the MVC from the
0: early part? Well, I mean, Evansville since they, they had have got the, the win, best win, yeah, they've fallen apart. Right, right. I think
1: they've lost three games yeah, against I think D1 competition. You can make that
0: case, Trent. Again, you know, I'm not loyal. Is not very heavy good into hoops. You're yet, not there yet, and haven't seen a ton. Um, but standings-wise and who they've beaten, I mean, they're certainly in the conversation. I will defer to you, my friend. I think
1: they're right there. I think they're in that conversation, and with it, it's the difference between, look, I don't think they're going to be able to put together a resume to be a bubble team, mm-hmm. to be a team in the conversation if they don't win the MVC tournament, but it's the difference between being like last year, Bradley being a 15 seed right. now to play Michigan State in the right, first round, right, right. or being a 13 seed and giving yourself a chance and playing... A decent team, but not one of those heavyweights of college basketball in the first round. You can make a run, and when you and I' made their runs, they've made it not as a 15 c they've made it a little bit lower. Now, the first ever win came as a 14 when they beat Mizzou back in 1991. Old Norm Stewart went down mm-hmm. in that one, but yeah, I think
0: I Dif- watched that game at Victor Sports Club. Really, on Douglas? Yeah. I believe I did. Now the U. Yeah, and it was a nice day, if I recall, because the doors were wide open. I think that was the year that it was, like, do you remember the... I remember the game vividly. But you don't remember outside, like, it was... was Well, I was in Osage, remember. It's always
1: cold up there. I guess. Up in the hinterlands of North Iowa. I ever
0: seem to recall, for whatever reason, it was just a gorgeous March, mid-March day. We
1: were, it was a Friday. Yeah? We were watching a movie in class that day. It was Friday, for whatever reason, we got to watch a movie. Mm -hmm. And as Mrs. Bauer, my fourth grade teacher, turned off the television... It was on Channel 3, which is our CBS affiliate, and there's the UNI game. And I talked her into it. She was a UNI grad, so she allowed it. So we got to watch basically the last eight minutes of the game from Richmond, Virginia, and uh, get it done against Missouri. So got to watch a little basketball back then. Basically from then on, I was able to talk my mom into letting me go home those afternoons, but uh, that was the last time I spent the
0: full day in school back in fourth grade. Uh, nice, uh, but yesterday, look, uh, um, you and I—if it would have should have right—that that, yeah. that one felt like it stung. All right, here's the uh, the disappointment from last night: not that Duke lost, but that we couldn't see Duke lose once uh, uh, Trent the the I was ACs... in a bad mood already. Yeah, but after after, after what, you after just what we watched
1: with the you and I game. Yeah. Well, look, hey, flip over, watches Duke game because Twitter's telling us yes. what's going on, right? Uh, we both pay a lot of money for our direct yes, TV package.
0: I've got every single Fox. I've, I mean, my bill's 300 a month, and yet it's blacked out of all things. Stephen F. Austin and do I could not find the channel to save my life. I saw some Twitter. Go to 646 to yep. see the end. Went to 646. This game is not available. Then it goes through the more info, and they're searching for an alternate channel. And you've got your fingers crossed knowing what's what your fate has been uh, awaits you.
1: I figured it was on ACC Network at first because and when then, I saw it, right. that's
0: where I went 1st six twelve. And there was a college football playoff reaction show on the ACC Okay,
1: Network. so you move on. And then, like you, I saw, oh, 646. Uh-huh. Nope, not there. We were searching for other channels. It automatically <laughs> does that. Yep. Blacked out, blacked out. And then I find on 668 Fox Sports North, one of their overflow channels. Well, this is a quote-unquote local channel for us, this has to be the channel that has it. 668-2.
0: Nothing. Blacked out again. But it was listed as It that, was it, listed were, on there. Really, I didn't go that far.
1: Thought we were going to be good to go, going to yeah. be able to watch it.
0: What we missed, though, was an incredible Well, ending. the finished. I mean, my God, right? And how about the kid's story? Hurricane Dorian took yeah. out the family. I mean, just... Yeah, great story. Wish I could have seen it. Um, it's one of those moments. There's been some in college basketball this year. There mm-hmm. really have. There's been, I mean, November's been, I don't know where you put it up there, but there's certainly been seemingly as many big upsets in the sport in the month of November as we've seen. I mean, some Brand. Kentucky goes down. Duke goes down. These might be the two best teams in the country. Michigan State goes down. Michigan to a State, tech team yes, that has just lost
1: Buzz, right? And it felt like, oh, they're probably going to go through a
0: rebuild. Yeah, Young can coach a little bit, though. Yes, as we come to can. find out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, college basketball has been unbelievable. Now we've got forty-five minutes or so before uh, Iowa State will take the floor against uh, Michigan in Atlanta. Have you been to Paradise Island? It is I unbelievable. Have not. My God, here's the. Here's Did you my, go there for the
1: Paradise Jam?
0: i went there for a wedding my um a guy I used to work for uh-huh he's now the president of william hill Oh okay um i was at his wedding him and his wife cynthia uh-huh and they had a destination wedding on the, on the beach how long ago 2005 or six so you've just become a hermit since then yes because i
1: cannot imagine for the life of me this happens today that you would do anything similar
0: well, it depends if my wife knows we got an invitation or not.
1: Okay, because then I got. No is choice. that what happened? Did she open the invitation and saw? Yeah. Hey, look at this!
0: No, it was really nice, but it was. I mean, we'll never. I'll never. We'll never ever forget uh, that, uh, that weekend that we spent there. But here's my advice: if you're going there, um, it is so expensive. Yes, I've Atlantis heard the same thing. Is, The rooms are really nice. Uh, they what, you, you can't take your bags into the hotel can't take your, your, your luggage. I mean, they get you as soon as you park your taxi. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's not allowed if you carry in your own bags to your room. That, and that's when you know that this is what I'm up against. Uh-huh. So you get that. And then when it's time to eat, I mean, I can remember we, we were splitting fries in a grilled cheese sandwich. And it was like 45 bucks. Jeez. It, crazy. Crazy, crazy, But so it's, not
1: all inclusive is not the no, route that
0: you went, huh? Uh, but it's breathtaking. Yeah, no, it really and truly is. It is spectacular. Uh, I've seen some of the. I mean, Hines is there. Rob Gray is there. Uh, of course, Chris is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Petey's there. Randy Peterson, the Des Moines Register, is there. So this is a good gig for the media that not drew this assignment, bad, right? Yeah. Alex Halstead didn't. He'll join us here in about five seven minutes or so. Uh, so anxious to see. And Iowa State is a. Four point dog, yeah. That, Michigan by four. It opened up at two, bounced up to four.
1: Uh-huh. I think it's trickling back now at a couple of spots. I guess that must have been the buyback number. Gotcha. For some pros
0: out there was four. But Shambi, Boog Shambi on the play-by-play. I
1: want to say big ESPN. Yep. This is uh, you know, it's funny. I remember. Well, you and I playing for the battle for Atlantis. Oh, probably about a decade ago, right okay. in that range, right when it was starting. They played Louisville and had Louisville on the ropes with Bettino. And it was the same thing and I talked to some U&I people that were there and they said, "Oh, it's a really expensive." Week. Yeah. <laughs> that credit card got to work out that right. week. But they also said that the people that they talked to that were in charge of this, they got a couple of good teams because they pay a higher premium than some of the other tournaments out there. And that's the reason. Maui the reason that they kind of built into Maui is cuz they pay schools more really? than guaranteed to get there. Gotcha. And Battle for Atlantis, right away they didn't have great television coverage and uh-huh. they said well, they They're, do now. The heck with this. Right. We're going all in. We are going to pay to get the best teams here, the best traveling fan bases, as we see Iowa State down mm-hmm. there. And We're Michigan will be there
0: in Mass, I got to figure.
1: And to do that, then, you get the other side of it. Now you have ESPN. And not just ESPN U or right. something like we see a lot of these other. This is big ESPN. Battle for Atlantis. They paid for this, and this right. is why they have the tournament field that they've had the last couple of years. Well,
0: it's, it's an outstanding field, no doubt about that. Dickie V is there. He doesn't have the first game. Uh, I know Shambi has it. I don't remember who he's working with, but it wasn't Vitel. Vitel is there. I think he's got the you know, the next one. Uh, but that's coming up here in about four, 40 minutes or so. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Mons, Alex Halstead is coming up next. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Halstead. A, a little something special in about a half an hour. We'll give you your cue to call for that. 11 o'clock hour, Kenny White on sports wagering will join us. We've got a, a, a list of college football games to go over with Kenny. Uh, David Kaplan will be here. It's Wednesday. Cappy joins us, brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. And then Bill Bender from the Sporting News. will take a look ahead, take a look back to last night, get his take as to what uh, if he has any problem with the one and the two switching places and what this means potentially. Uh, if Georgia loses to LSU, is the Big 12's door wide open? Miller and Condon, Trent and I take you up until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Merry Christmas. It's 24-Hour Sports, morning, noon, and night, You're on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, taking one till noon. Busy 11 o'clock hour, Kenny White from Las Vegas, David Kaplan from Chicago, and Bill Bender from Columbus on college football. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert Port, part of 24-7 Sports. He joins the program, got a lot of ground to cover, hoops and football. Alex Trenton, Ken, Happy Thanksgiving, Alex Halstead. How are you?
2: Good to be out with you guys here before Thanksgiving. I know you said you're going to sneak me in, so it's good to be out with you. And uh, Basketball, Iowa State starts here in what, like half hour? And half
0: hour, how end. about that?
2: Yeah, so it's always nice to be uh, kind of working from home the day before Thanksgiving and have basketball on all day, so it's not a bad thing.
0: Are you telling me you would rather be at home instead of being with Rob Gray and Travis Hines and Chris Williams <laughs> and Randy <laughs> Peterson on Paradise uh, Island?
2: I was telling, I was telling Trent right before I go on or we went on is, uh, I've had to Manhattan, so I guess that's the consolation prize, and I'll be at the Little Apple this weekend. Yeah, not, Manhattan. The,
0: not that Manhattan, the little Manhattan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you drew the short straw,
0: my friend, uh, just to let you know. Well, let's talk about this basketball team and what we're going to see. And, you know, there are four games into it, the Oregon State game and the Pac-12-Big 12 crossover uh, didn't go their way. But other than that, um, you know, I think that they're off to a decent start. What's been the biggest surprise from a guy covering the team, maybe personnel-wise, somebody that. Uh, is off to a better start than maybe you saw coming, Alex.
2: Yeah, I kind of wondered if it were to come, but I think George Condit's played yeah. really, really well. Um, I think just the way he's been able to defend around the rim, I think he's had at least four blocks in, in every game. He's been a pretty good rim protector. We'll see if that now carries over down to the Battle Fort Sports. where it's going to be high major schools like Michigan and then either North Carolina or Alabama tomorrow. Um, and then when you get to Seton Hall and Iowa and, of course, Big 12 play, you're going to face a lot more Guys like starting today with Teskey uh, of Michigan, so it'll be interesting to see if it carries over. But I thought he, or I think he's been really good. I think Solomon's actually been uh, really good. Just the fact that we're seeing him healthy, and, and um, I think we knew he was a tough player in terms of you know going and getting rebounds, but he's been able to score a little bit more than I think uh, I had anticipated. So I think those two guys. I think you know, maybe two guys waiting to still see. You know, kind of what they fully become are probably Regier Bolton and Prentice Nixon. I think they've both shown flashes, especially Nixon defensively, but I think still waiting to see a little bit more offensively, especially from Bolton.
1: Yeah, Bolton just 2 of 18 from downtown on the early portion of the season as a whole. Iowa State hasn't shot it very well. You mentioned those big guys today against Teske and going forward. Since they have three, and that hasn't always been the case under Steve Prohm of what they've had for big guys, do you expect them a- to play a little bit differently this year than we've seen some past additions, and and secondly, against some of those matchups that have been very bad, how much better of a chance does that give Iowa State against a big front line? Say a team like Baylor, who seemingly every year seems to have the clones' number.
2: Yeah, I think that's what's most interesting starting today, and I asked Steve Prohm about that last week, was um, you know now that you're going to play three games in three days, but potentially also three games against three different style teams, uh, are we going to... You know, maybe start to see you guys play differently because the first four games we've really seen them play the same. They've played undersized teams for the most part. Uh, Oregon State was, as you guys mentioned, the, the one high major, and they were really a good perimeter uh, team in that game. And Prom said that you know this could be a, a tournament where they have to play a different style in all three games. And so they were going to last week practice really for the first time uh, George Condit and Solomon Young together. Um, so we could start seeing more of that, like you said, there with two bigs and, and the fact that they have. Uh, a combination of like Solomon Young and George Condon that they could put out there at the four and the five. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting against a team like Michigan today, but also like you said, Baylor and some of those Big Twelve teams. But at the same time, we're going to have to see how it works. So I think Iowa State's still kind of experimenting because, in theory, it's good, but what does that look like offensively? How do teams defend them, and, and uh, how do how do you know things kind of unfold with two bigs because they haven't done a lot and they're going to learn. Kind of quickly, what that looks
0: like. You know, we don't know, how obviously, how the game is going to play out, whether somebody's going to get in foul trouble. But it, are we at a point where you think Prohm starts shortening the bench a little bit, maybe giving guys more minutes than he would have in some of these, you know, low majors, mid-major games that they've played? Is, uh, does he shorten his bench when, he, you know, you're, you're uh, sharing the court with a Michigan or tomorrow potentially against a North Carolina?
2: Yeah, we'll start to see that. I think uh, he's basically went about nine deep every game. They've only got 10 eligible players because of the preseason transfers of Marcita Leach and uh, Luke Anderson. So they're down to 10, and he's really played nine with the, the odd man out being Terrence Lewis. And so uh, that ninth man has really been Caleb Grill. Mm-hmm. You could probably say eight, nine is probably Trey Jackson and Caleb Grill. Um, he's pretty much always got to Trey Jackson. The only time he hasn't got to Caleb Grill was, I think, against Oregon State. I'm not sure if Grill played. So uh, we've really seen them go eight deep pretty much every game, nine deep most games. Um, and so we'll see if that happens here. I think Grill, though, is starting to kind of show that, you know, in you know, one of those games he he was going kind to of hit two or three three-pointers. Mm-hmm. I think they still think he could be a guy that comes in and adds some toughness and, and maybe a perimeter threat. So I think Grill's still going to be in that mix. But I think Trey Jackson and, and Caleb Grill are kind of guys that are game-to-game uh, depending on how much they need to use those two guys.
1: Zion Griffin, a guy that just never was able to quite quite crack that rotation a year ago, still just a sophomore. He's been out there shooting the ball much better, I think, than many people anticipated this year. What is his role going for? What do you anticipate he's going to be for this year's squad?
2: Well, the biggest thing Steve Bromes said he wants from him is, you know, kind of a, a rebounding type of guy at that four when they play small ball, and, and he's that smaller guy at the four. Um, that's kind of his main role, is to Add some rebounding. Um, they also do think he can score, though, and add something around the uh, around the perimeter. Um, I think Prohm said he thinks he can be like a thirty-five percent three-point shooter. I'm not sure if that's where it's going to be uh, because their, their numbers across the board from beyond the arc have, have been much lower than we've anticipated. It's only four games, so we'll see kind of in the next you know several weeks if those numbers improve. But I think those are the two things that Prohm wants from him: is is to be able to you know rebound, especially offensive rebound, and then also. Um, when, when he has opportunities, hit shots from beyond the arc. Um, so, you know that's kind of what we've seen from him so far is be more of that energy guy. Uh, but when they're so small, with you know a backcourt of uh, Roger Bolton, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and Prentice Nixon. You know, a guy like Zion Griffin becomes a lot more important as a rebounder. Well, let's switch to football,
0: Alex. And the uh, the Clones will end their regular season in Manhattan, the Little Apple. You will be there uh, covering that game. You know, where? Let me ask about the quarterback because there's so many good quarterbacks in the in this uh, in this conference. Skyler Thompson, I don't think belongs on that list for whatever reason. Every time I watch him, he doesn't he doesn't blow you away. Um, you know, they've certainly faced better quarterbacks than they're going to see this weekend. Fair to say?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, with Sam Ellinger, Charlie Brewer, Jalen Hurts, you know, they've already faced most of they faced Spender, Spender Sanders. Sanders. I think yep. you probably put him above him. So yep. those four guys all can run, much like Thompson. I think all four probably rank higher.
0: Uh, what do you, What do you expect to see uh, from this football game? I mean, Purdy's playing at such a high level. they got a big edge at the quarterback position. I guess we should start with Deshante Jones and one of Purdy's you know, if he doesn't look for Kohler, seemingly there was a, uh, there was a time there that uh, the security blanket was Deshante Jones. Will that blanket be there uh, on Saturday?
2: Matt Campbell's indicating yes, but, you know, we've we've known Matt Campbell to kind of play for the best with injuries, and it's possible he says he's fine and he doesn't even play. So it'll be interesting to see. I thought, you know, the, the injury was appeared to be a shoulder injury. uh yep. looked like it was dangling a little bit when they took him off the field uh, to the locker room. So we'll see. Maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked. Um, you know, it, Deshaun did that, like you said, has been a security he He's kind of has uh, 1,997 yards in his career, so he's three yards away from being the sixth 2,000-yard career receiver in the mm-hmm. history, and I think that just kind of shows how quietly, Even it seems a little quiet over a four-year period, he's been really productive, and they need him because you know, Landon Akers came in and replaced him. Freak Milton could go back to the M if he doesn't play, but uh DeSantis is pretty big in that passing game.
1: So yesterday uh Ken brought mentioned his boy Charlie Kohler, not a finalist for the Mackey Award. And it sounded like Matt Campbell certainly had his guys back, too, yeah. no surprise, but very disappointed not to see him as a finalist.
2: Yeah, Campbell, you know, sometimes he he kind of just is the coach speak, but he didn't really go that route when asked uh, about Charlie Kohler yesterday. He, he said that he thinks he's of the best tight end of the country, and he's disappointed in that it, um, you know, basically I think said in, in a couple of different ways that it was disappointing um, that he he wasn't a finalist. And I think I could see, you know, the fact where, you know, the FAU tight end maybe ultimately would win it, but I think Kohler certainly deserving to be in the top three group, especially uh, over the kid from Miami who's, you know, I think only played in nine games. His numbers aren't really that comparable, but, um, you know, Brock Purdy said he that Kohler's kind of moving on. It's not a big deal to him in terms of, You know, something that's going to linger, but I think, you know, the coaching staff, I think is just a little disappointed because they feel like he's put up some of the best numbers in the country. You know, pro football focus has him as the number two tight end in the country, both uh, as a uh, overall tight end, but also as the number two receiving tight end in terms of his grades only to the FAU um, tight end. So uh, I think from that perspective, they think he's one of the best and he's obviously been really productive. And I think the one thing that maybe gets overlooked a little bit even is he's sharing some time in some ways with. Chase Allen and Dylan are you know, they've got almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. And Not to say all those would go to Kohler, but if, it, if he was the long tight end of this offense, uh, his numbers might be a little bit better even.
1: Alex Halstead joining us here, Merlin Condon on KXNO. 24-7 sports, you do a lot of recruiting at Cyclone Alert, Alex. And uh, last couple of days, maybe been a tense one for both the coaching staff and the fans out there. A big wide receiver from the JUCO ranks, Xavier Hutchinson, picks up an offer from Nebraska, then an offer from Oklahoma. You had a chance to talk to him. What did Hutchinson say about his commitment to the Cyclones?
2: Yeah, this is kind of what Ioc fans are dealing with now, a little bit more uh, under Matt Campbell. We've seen him have to fend off big schools in recent seasons for um, some of his commits, and uh, that's happening here again in this 2020 class. I guess before I get to Hutchinson over the weekend, yeah, the
0: you running, running back Brian
2: Williams flipped to uh, Ohio State um, an in-state school that came in late. They missed out on a lot of running backs and decided to go to Mayan Williams and he flipped from Ohio State to Ohio State. And so uh, they obviously have Brees Hall and that one was kind of a bonus for them. But they do lose one to a blue blood. But in terms of Hutchinson, he tells me that uh, he's going to stick with Iowa State. Now, there's still about a month to go until signing day, so we'll see if that holds true. You know, recruiting is crazy. I think you got to You got to take a kid's comments, but you also got to kind of be aware that anything could happen. But you're right. He did visit Nebraska. It sounded like after that visit, he was still solid. But a couple days ago, Oklahoma offered. So uh, I talked to him pretty much right after the Oklahoma offer, um, shortly after. And he told me his plan is to still be at Iowa State, in large part because of Brock Purdy.
0: Uh, let's stick with the receivers. And Petway's had a terrific senior campaign uh, since he came from uh, grad transfer from Arkansas. I think he's uh, he's uh, exceeded everybody's expectations. Came in, he was the leading receiver in Arkansas. How does that translate to the Big 12? I think he's been great. Uh, it was a really good ending for him, uh, his Jack Trice Stadium portion of his career anyways this past week. But where I want to go with you, Alex, is it seems as though Sean Shaw uh, is the is of the young receivers uh, in the receivers' room. His, his, his star may be shining a little bright or at least earlier than some of the other ones. Skates is a guy who, of course, there's a lot of buzz about Darren Williams uh, coming out of fall camp, but it seems as though Sean Shaw has elevated his play amongst uh, maybe a little bit higher than some of the young guys.
2: Yeah, he's a guy that I think people are going to you know really have their eye on when you start to look to 2020 when they lose to Jones. And like you said, Petway, he could probably start to take some of that role and he's starting to kind of emerge in the last uh, few weeks. I think he's got 13 catchers on 18 targets, so it's not like he's been Targeted Tumby, he's got four touchdowns on those thirteen uh, catches, so he's been kind of in used in high, high leverage situations, I guess, in the red zone, especially. You know, he is that bigger body, six six guy that you know can go and go up and catch a ball in a similar way to Hakeem Butler. Now he's not on that level yet, but you know, a redshirt freshman that has still three years, and they think could turn into one of those go to receivers. And you're starting to see that here even in recent weeks. So uh, I think Shaw's going to be a big piece when you start to look ahead to next year, and then the guy I just mentioned Xavier Hutchinson. Um, they're going to have a lot to replace when you look at Deshante Jones and Michael Petway, what those two guys have done this year. That's a lot to lose, and that's what we were talking about last year, You know, coming into this year, I guess, with uh, Hakeem Butler and Matt Eaton. So it's, it's kind of a, the thing you have to answer every year in college football, but I guess the one positive for them is that Sean Shaw is starting to emerge late this season that maybe could carry over to a second year.
1: What concerns you most with this Kansas State team and I had somebody, uh, I was talking with the Cyclone fan the other day, they said, well, it's not really the team, it's it's the name, it's the program. It's what we've seen over the past decade plus against K-State. What is it for you, Alex?
2: Yeah, that's kind of what Matt Campbell said. When you look at this this rivalry or this game, I guess, over the last decade, 10 of the last 11 have been decided by one score. Um, there's only been really one blowout, I think, when Kansas State blew Iowa State out in 2000, I think, 14. So, otherwise, they've all been one score going back um, 11 years. And so this has been a that type of game. Uh, it's kind of what Matt Campbell said. Where you know it's kind of carried over now, even from Bill Snyder. But they don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, so you know, in terms of turnover margin and and trying to win some of those battles, you can't make a lot of mistakes against them. Give them extra possessions and those sorts of things. I think the biggest concern probably for Iowa State is just getting into a type of slog type game where Kansas State controls the clock. I think you've seen them stick in some games uh, in the past because they. I think there was a game earlier this year where they had like a 40 minutes time of possession and. I think that's kind of what they try to do is play that type of game where they keep the ball away, don't give you a lot of opportunities, lower possession game. Um, Iowa State can get in those type of games, but if you get in those type of games, you can't make mistakes. Um, And So I think that's kind of probably the biggest worry is that you get in that type of game and and make a couple mistakes and all of a sudden uh, Kansas State uh, wins the game.
0: Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Alex, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Safe trip to Manhattan, and we will talk to you next week.
2: Okay, sounds good, guys. Yep, thank you.
0: Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. Uh, thank you, for Alex Halstead. A good long hit there on Iowa State. 17, 18 minutes from now, ESPN has the game. 100.3 also has the game. Uh the bus, Chris Williams and Eric Heft, uh, have the call of that one. All right, let's do this. two eight four five nine six six two eight four five nine six six. A little bonus Claxons barbecue this week. We'll also do it on Friday in its normal slot, but thought we'd uh Use Iowa and Iowa State's basketball games and then okay. a couple of the NFL games tomorrow. Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving feast, two eight four-five nine six six uh for the eleven o'clock hours. We will take the first four callers. We'll give you the four games. You give us the answers and the tiebreaker if you get the most correct. We'll give you a thirty-five dollar gift certificate from Claxons. The runner-up gets twenty-five. Two eight four-five nine six six. Claxon's giveaway on the other side. A little bonus Wednesday edition, thirty-one thirty-one eighth street. Southwest in Altoona, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We take you until noon. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. We'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour. David Kaplan from Chicago will be here. NBC Sports. NBC uh, Sports. NBC, CS, what did they call the damn thing? NBC Sports Chicago. There you go. And ESPN 1000. Got that one right. All right, it's time to give away some Claxon's Barbecue. 3131 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona. In business in Altoona for over, it's got to be approaching 25 years. Uh, they're doing it right. Claxon's Barbecue will also do this on Friday. Adam, Kyle, Eric, in uh, and Shane in that order. All right, uh, Adam is up first. Adam, how are you? Good. Can how are you? Doing fine. Staying home for Thanksgiving. You hitting the road? What are you up to? Uh staying home. Not a boy. Um, Jealous? Yeah, not me. I'm staying home too. <laughs> All right, we're going to do some of the basketball first. Uh, you know how this works. Michigan State's a three and a half point favorite over Iowa State. I'm uh, Michigan. A bigger uh, part. Michigan over Iowa State. Iowa State. Gotcha. Texas Tech five and a half over Iowa. Uh. Texas Tech. The Bears give three and a half to the Lions.
2: Uh,
0: hopefully the Bears, I guess. All right. <laughs> Cowboys are a six and a half point favorite over the Bills. Uh, Bills. Bills, okay, grabbing the points. Here's the tiebreaker, Adam. Total points in the nightcap. New Orleans versus Atlanta. Uh, closest without going over. Uh, 30. 30. Adam, have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too, guys. Appreciate it. Kyle is up next. Hey, Kyle, how's things? Good. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, Let's do Michigan, a a three-and-a-half point favorite over Iowa State.
1: Uh, I'll take Michigan.
0: Texas Tech is a a five-and-a-half point favorite over the Hawks tomorrow night. Uh, Tech. Chicago, the Bears give three-and-a-half to the Lions. Let's go Lions. Okay. Cowboys a a six-and-a-half point favorite over Buffalo. Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia (laughs) it is. Uh, And here's the tiebreaker. Uh, New Orleans on the road at Atlanta. Total points. Closest without going over, Kyle. Let's go uh, 34. 34. Kyle, have a Thanksgiving. Safe Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. Yep, go Hawks. Uh, Eric is next. Eric, welcome to Miller and Condon. How we doing? Doing fine. You staying home for the holiday? You leaving, traveling? Bondurant and Pella. Bondurant and Pella. Yep. I'll see you maybe in Bondurant tomorrow. Sounds
1: better than Sioux
0: City. <laughs> Indeed it's it's it is. a long drive. I'm starting my day in Bondurant tomorrow. Do you know I have a call tomorrow afternoon? A work 3... call? Yes. What is going on? It's a Canadian track. It means nothing <laughs> to them up there. <laughs> Man, Anyways, yeah. uh, nobody cares. Uh, Eric, let's get back to you. Michigan is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa State. I'm going to go Michigan, even though I want the Clones to win. All right. We'll know in about two hours. Texas Techs, a a five-and-a-half point favorite over Iowa.
2: Texas Techs.
0: Three-and-a-half is what the Bears will give to the Lions. Lions. Dallas, a a six-and-a-half point favorite over the Bills. Dallas. And tiebreaker, Saints, Falcons, total points. Closest without going over. 40. 40. Eric, have a good turkey day. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Shane brings Claxons to a close for a Wednesday. A little bonus. We'll do this again on Friday. Hi, Shane. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, Michigan's a a three-and-a-half point favorite over the Clones. Uh, Thank you, Michigan. Michigan for you. Texas Tech gives five-and-a-half to the Hawks tomorrow night. Texas Tech. Bears, three-and-a-half over the Lions. Bears. Dallas, a a six-and-a-half point favorite over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, We'll take uh, uh, Dallas. Dallas for you. And here's a tiebreaker. Total points. Closest without going over. Saints versus Atlanta tomorrow night. 41. 41. Shane, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Uh, Thank you to Claxons and thank you to our participants for joining us here and trying to win some outstanding barbecue from Claxons. Which of the three games Moves your well, so you're Bears. So I mean, I'm a Bears right. fan, so that which that, of the two games <laughs> uh, move move your needle. More? I'm kind of
1: intrigued by that night game. I are think you? it's going to be entertaining. Do you divisional
0: matchup? Atlanta seems to be playing a little bit better. You
1: know, both Dallas and Buffalo are kind of they can be boring at times. Yeah, I think it just might be an ugly. It'd be like a nineteen thirteen game. You know, some weird. Kind of ugly mm-hmm. slog. I could certainly see that happening but in that it's matchup. Such a, I
0: mean, it's Dallas on Turkey Day, yeah. right? And that
1: that certainly raises it yeah. up a level. But I think that nightcap's going to be a lot of fun. You know, the Saints' defense is showing cracks mm-hmm. after. Remember
0: how good they were the yes, first month and a half. Uh, now, what time did the Hawks play? Seven? Did you say seven o'clock? Yeah. They From will be the, the Orleans the Arena first I wonder game. Wonder where the teams are staying. That can't be stayed at the Orleans. You don't think so? Yeah, I, it's I, it's know, probably part of it. That it is part of it.
1: You come out there, and you're going to stay there too. Yeah, I guess. But boy, of all the places,
0: so they'll have fun. Of course, it's Vegas for crying out loud. The strip is five minute uh,
1: Uber. The last time Iowa played out in Vegas was either 06 or 07 okay. in one of these tournaments. Cyrus Tate hit a jumper oh, at the horn to, State, right. to win a game against Kansas
0: State. Was that at the Orleans or was that at the uh, the Thomas and Mack It wasn't
1: at Thomas and Mack. It, it might have been if it wasn't at the Orleans. It was one of the smaller places. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, though, hearing the conversations that I'm pretty good friends with one of the former players, and he was talking about leading up to going to Vegas— it was conversation after conversation, not just with the coaching staff, but with compliance department. What you can do, you cannot gamble. Oh,
0: really? It's, so they were. Uh, it's not even. You can't gamble. Obviously, sense. on our game,
1: you can't gamble on any college basketball game. If, that's if going on. Even old. if you're twenty one years old. Even if you're twenty one years old. That was at that time. Again, we're talking thirteen years ago. All right. But uh, and they said before the season, the week leading up to it, when they're going out there, while they were there, I mean, it was just one thing after another. Huh. Said, Here's, of course, he, he made a couple of bets anyway. Sure.
0: Here's the other thing all of a sudden pot's legal in Nevada. Oh, you know, how does that work? So, not, the, of course, I know. It's um, <laughs> shocker. Right, right. So, there's distribute. they're like convenience stores, is what they're like. Okay. And it's cash only. Mm-hmm. And you go in, and before you get, so you go through the, you go in, into the building, mm-hmm. and there's kind of a waiting room there because they only allow so many people back into the, you know, to little, see the merchandise. To see the merchandise. Uh, yeah, that's, it's not like you're stacked up at the counter. They only allow so many people in there. So you you fill out uh, you fill out the little paper where you're from, etc. You give them your photo ID. Mm-hmm. It's cash only, and then uh, then they call your name and they open the door and it's like whoa, I can't believe I'm alive and this is legal <laughs> to do this. And then you go back and you, you see the edibles over here and then you see the different what are they call strains or whatever. Yeah. Um, um you want I act sleep. like I know <laughs> right um
1: i am the wrong person to then, ask. then they
0: they seal the bag uh-huh. for you and you're you're out the door now you can't you know you can't have a puff on the street you got to be in your home or in your room but from the Orleans literally mm-hmm. um two blocks there's two well right across the street from the Palms Rice stay, there's two convenience stores literally side by side <laughs> so you just then they're everywhere, Trent. They're everywhere. It's got to be a money-making proposition, oh, huh? Oh my God, I've never been there that there's been, you know, that you don't have at least a little bit of a wait. Doesn't a matter if it's wait. middle of the afternoon. No, it doesn't matter if it's a Monday or Saturday or a Sunday evening when the Southwest plane lands at three o'clock and you throw your bags right across <laughs> the street. Sounds like you have the things mapped out pretty well. I'm a veteran. <laughs> And man, I live to see it late now. I don't think I'll do so in our state. But we shall see. Uh, we will come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Speaking of Vegas, that's where we will head next. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Jo- leads off the hour. David Kaplan is going to be here. Bill Bender just texts me. He's got to do a hit in Columbus. He's going to push back to 11.45. So we'll get Bill Bender uh, in here from the sporting news before we skedaddle on out of here at noon. Trent and I, it's Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.